Welcome to List This, where everything's made up and the order doesn't matter. Nice Who's Line reference. I know. <laughs> I'm recording all this, too. Oh, are we yeah. recording? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> you can use all that. Oh, Good. that's great. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Starting off early. Thanks for the warning. I. It's more natural. We need, like, it, right? we need, like, <laughs> intro music or something. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to List This, where we list and you listen. I'm Josh, and as always, I'm joined by... Cameron. And Jim. Let's move right. on to our honorable mentions. We're doing something a little bit different this episode. Uh, we all agreed that we couldn't really find a dishonorable graphic novel. Yeah. At least, you know, Jim and I, you have way more yeah. experience. The way I look at it is I think so much work is put into these. And I've never read, like, at least in terms of non-superhero, I have read some superheroes that can make it dishonorable. But in terms of non-superheroes, I've never read one where I'm like, this is so terrible, mm -hmm. I want to talk about it. It doesn't really happen. Yeah. I've read ones that are mediocre and I don't really care too much about, um, but... Overall, I think the work that goes into them, it's either the story is good yeah. or the art's good. Usually if it's a bad graphic novel, it's because there's a disconnect between one of those two. It's not because it's inherently terrible, yeah. is kind of how I look at it. I just want to say that a lot of work went into Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> I'm sure it did. <laughs> and a lot more work was needed to make it good. <laughs> You want yeah. to talk about Mortal Kombat Annihilation? We can Always. go into oh it. Yeah, I'm fine with it. We just cut out the rest of this segment <laughs> and just talk about how terrible that film is oh from the acting God. to the directing oh to the lighting to the, to, the, yeah. to the writing, the visuals, to the lackluster CGI that's yeah. worse than its predecessor. Oh, man. All right. Let's go into it. Dishonorable mention, Cameron. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Mortal Kombat Annihilation <laughs> Podcast. Let's talk about it. Uh, all right. I have a buddy that does uh, does by the minute podcast, so he does like Jurassic Park minute, oh, okay. and they dissect each minute of the film. God, we should do Mortal Kombat Annihilation <laughs> by the minute. That would be find <laughs> a brain dead yeah. asylum somewhere, like drooling afterwards. Just kill yourself. What happened? They watched the it like forty times. <laughs> Oh my god, okay. Cameron, what's your honorable mention? So my first honorable mention going into this, uh... Are we gonna, we're just gonna Wait. do it separate. Do we want to do it separate? Yes, we're gonna do it separate, but I forgot to mention what we were talking about. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> We are doing two honorable mentions this time, yeah. instead of an honorable and a dishonorable. Which, which so. I'm very happy about, because um, I'm gonna talk about this first one to break up all the darkness, but my second honorable mention is gonna go back into the darkness, because uh, it's one I just started reading. Sometimes I worry about you, Cameron. Um, I know, I do too, it's okay. It's okay, I enjoy it a little bit. Right? <laughs> the that's, darkness is also a good band. That's, go ahead. It's my escape. Anyone who knows me knows I'm very sarcastic and I don't take anything seriously, so the yeah. comics do that for me. So so it's like a reverse thing. It's weird. Okay. All right. So uh, my first honorable, though, is going to be one that I just read recently. It's by uh, J.M. DeMattis. It has art by Howard Porter, and I'm forgetting one name on it. Scooby Apocalypse is <laughs> something that I read recently that I've been wanting to read for years. Uh, look up the other writer for me because I can't. There's there's two writers on this. It's J the like Keith Giffen and J.M. DeMattis. Uh, so this takes place uh, kind of in the future. Oh say, is my it? god! It's it's amazing. It's I an, love it already. So let's say friends like a uh, hipster, right? Yeah, so, or Shaggy's a hipster. Shaggy's okay. a hipster. So That's the way right. this That's starts right. out is it starts out with Velma. None of them know each other. 
and Velma works in the secret facility that is trying to like they're they're working out on new like inventions and like biological uh, uh like war and stuff <laughs> like that. And what ends up happening is this. these monsters get unleashed because of this virus that is like put in through like these nano like through like these air nano robots that create that turn people into monsters. It is so cool and Scooby has this thing that shows you his emotions. He has like this like this little like eye patch thing that like shows his emotions yeah. and stuff. It is just so much ridiculous fun. Keith Giffen and uh Jim Dematis, they did a run of Justice League 3000, which is one of the best superhero comics you'll ever read. Um, it's hilarious, it's vibrant, and this just flows so well into it because it's just these people trying to survive an apocalypse. But it's bright and colorful, it's hilarious, it's dark as hell, and like when you really think about it, it's dark as hell, but it's still just hilarious. Like I, I'm reading through it and I'm getting so much nostalgia from the original show, but it's nothing like the original show. And it's just, it's mind boggling how well they do this. It's so, so much fun. When you say the eye goggle gives him emotions, does it literally just give him eyebrows? So so he has like these yeah, he has like these like electronic eyebrows and he can like spit out emojis for like what he's thinking. And it, it, it's so great. And the best part about this is they t- they take that idea of the live action Scooby Doo where they make Scrappy a villain, but he's this beefed out monster villain who's hunting down Scooby Doo. Like if you look up a picture of Scrappy from it, he's like I mean he's like roid raged out. And it's it's so fantastic, but he's trying to like com- like grab monsters to hunt down Scooby Doo. Is this Scrappy Doo? Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! I see it. Oh, that is great. It's yeah. Jim has my favorite picture of him. I, oh my god! <laughs> like if they like, ever were to make this live action, like they might as well just take Tom Hardy's Bane and just make that into a dog. Put <laughs> a dog head on him. Yes. <laughs> This comic, if you want a fun, futuristic, sci-fi adventure that's also nostalgic as hell. And dark. Yeah, and dark in its own way. <laughs> is it, oh, it's, is it bloody? It's it, it is bloody. Is yeah, it, it is bloody. List. Yeah. It is just, it is fast-paced, it's witty, it's mm. sarcastic, it's fun. It has everything you love about Mystery Inc. without being a copy of anything that's ever been done before. It's just incredible. It, it's so amazing. I need to read more volumes of it because it is one of my favorites now. I love it to death. It looks... It's, I it's, definitely put it on my list of, like, ones to watch. I think one of my favorite covers that I ran into is, like, seeing, like, Shaggy holding a chainsaw with, like, Daphne and, a, like, a 50 cal machine gun. Yeah, like, she's got, like, a minigun, yeah. top of a pile of like bodies and Mm -hmm. oh it's just it's great and just it's one of those stories again where the art style matches so perfectly with what the writing style is it looks really good um but howard porter has also worked with uh keith giffen and jamie mattis before and like i said they did one of my favorite runs of a superhero comic which is justice league 3000 which is not really a superhero comic it's a comic about your favorite heroes but kind of like scooby apocalypse it's not the same thing Mm -hmm. at all it's it's a really weird is that ba- is that a uh, Terry McGinnis? No, it's regular Batman. You have oh, to read it to really okay. understand. But if you like the looks of Scooby Apocalypse and you want to see something that's kind of a superhero comic, also go read Justice League okay. 3000. That was a limited run. Um, unfortunately, it didn't last forever. Uh, but it's really, really fun. It's fantasy and sci-fi and ridiculous. But yeah, Scooby Apocalypse, read it. It's yeah. so good. Uh, cool. Actually, sticking. It's it's. It, I'm glad that you had that one because mine's going to be sticking within the same vein. 
as yours, um, which I'm still so disappointed that you haven't read yet. It's uh, God That's Hates right. Astronauts is the name of, of this one. And this is not... God, it's a farce on superhero comics is really kind of what it is. Okay. It's, it's, it's somewhat of a superhero team, but it's... I, I don't really know how to even describe this story. It's so outlandish. It's so out there. It's so strange. I couldn't put it any higher than a dishonorable because there's so much going on, and it's kind of it's kind of weird. So the the very beginning. So one of the one of the guys that's on this quote unquote team is his name is literally um, the anti mugger, and his whole deal is to just take out all the muggers. And like that's it. Like he's just like has a, a big thing against muggers. They're at, they're the government organization, which is run by King Hippo, wants them to take out a bunch of farmers who are trying to get into space by building their own rocket ships. But never at any point in the comic do they ever actually go and do that because they're dealing with so much other stuff. But so that's something that's always kind of there in the background. The very one of the very beginning scenes, the the villain comes in and. You know they're all fighting him. the 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 leader chooses to distract him by letting him get the snot beat out of himself, and it ends up destroying his skull, rendering it irreparable and incredibly swollen to where it's like three or four times the size of his body. And so him and his wife start having issues. She cheats on him. He gets his head popped. So now he's just dragging his head around. And he cuts it off and he uh, melds it with a disembodied. Uh, ghost cow head okay. which messes with the psyche and makes him like insane and crazy it's just there's so much going on um, I would recommend reading it the art style is kind of fun on it it's it's so it's so very out there very bloody very like, very very, very bloody oh my god it's insanely bloody uh, my favorite part is when he comes in with his team of bears like the the villain comes in with his team of bears to take out the uh, the superhero team Blitzkrieg bear bob. So, yeah. I know we're on honorable mention, but uh, I, I'm i going to play devil's advocate here. And again, this is Wikipedia, so take with it a grain of salt. But it does say the series depicts the person, the power person's five, a yep. superhero team that does yep. not fight crime much, making yeah. it a superhero so, comic. Yeah, so, okay, so listen to this, though, because this is actually, so I have, I have a subscription to Comixology, which is where I read most of my comics and stuff. And so this is one that I had, but it's um, not so much a superhero book as it is a parody of basically everything and a celebration of weird that is jam-packed with references to Robocop and Die Hard. So that's what separates it from an actual superhero. It's, it's Yes, it's got superheroes, it has a superhero team, but it's not meant to be a superhero comic. It's meant to be kind of a joke on everything with a weird, outlandish, interesting story. Now, this, I haven't read the second volume yet, but I'm 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 waiting to see them actually start to try to go after yeah. some of these like at like these farmer astronauts or astronaut farmers. I don't know enough about it to say whether or not it's a superhero comic book. Uh, but I will say, I'm going to ask this question to both of you: Would you guys consider a RoboCop a superhero film? Because I would, and B Die Hard a superhero film? Because no. I kind of would. I wouldn't. He's Die Hard is just Batman without the suit. I, I see. I wouldn't consider either of those like superhero. I think in films. the I think in their blueprints, they're the same things. You have a hero 
who is going up against a bunch of bad guys, and they have their tools at their disposal, which makes them better than the bad guys at the end of the day. Which is kind of what the superhero thing is. Again, I don't know enough about yeah, Gladiator's Astros. I'm not going to say anything about that. I'm just, I'm totally going, like, veering off course. Yeah, no, I do want to, I, I want to go back on course. I want to read, uh, I want to read a review from Jonathan Hickman, who's a great writer. Um, I want to read his review of God Hates Astronauts. He said, I don't want to oversell what Ryan has accomplished here, but I gave, or, or I gave God Hates Astronauts to a blind man and he regained his sight. That's a great review of comic. <laughs> it's, it's, it's. <laughs> Fun. There's so much happening sometimes that you're just you kind of have to take a step back and and just say like you know you, you're just kind of dumbfounded. Um, one of the uh, the characters in there is was it Carl from um, Family? Is it Family Matters with like Steve Urkel? Oh yeah, Carl yeah. Weathers. Yeah, he's no, Carl. Yeah. He but you know who I'm talking about. He's yeah. in this and he's got gorilla arms. Like he, it's the exact same character. Um, so I mean, it, it's like there's actual like references where you like you can clearly see that they're references. Are you, saying, oh, that is, are you yeah. saying that this is Family Matters fan fiction that went too far? Because that's that's what that sounds like. That specific <laughs> thing is like he's got he had his arms ripped off and he got replaced by gorilla arms because he was taken to a vet instead of a doctor, and so the vet deemed the best possible route to go was to put gorilla arms to replace his regular arms. Yeah, so I mean that's just kind of like some of the just like the weird like out there things that happens um, in that. It's it's a fun. <laughs> it's a. It's just him with gorilla. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. Oh like, my god. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. I do recommend reading it. Um, it's just be prepared for like trying to kind of figure out what what the, what the heck is happening. Um, but yeah. Cool. God hates astronauts. Please read that, Cameron. I really I want to talk to you about it's it. It's so there. bad. I read. I had, I'm waiting for I read two a couple weeks to talk to about this comic. I know. I read a couple other things. One of which is going to be my next one. So that's why I did not read it. But my my first honorable mention is going to be quick because I've only read one issue. It was a free comic book day issue that I got, and I've been wanting to read more since I read it. Um, it's called The Stuff of Legend, and what this is, it was written by Mike Recht, Recht and Brian Recht. Smith and illustrated by Charles Paul Wilson III. Um, it's basically dark Toy Story. So there's teddy bears, there's toys in this kid's room in, uh, in 1944. Um, he gets taken into like the dark world through his closet by the boogeyman. And his toys have to rally together and go into the dark world and fight him. But the cool thing is, first of all, the artwork is really cool because it's almost black and white. Like, look yeah, up. Yeah, it's like a, I don't want to say like a sepia, but it's got like it's, a very yeah, brownish. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, but so when his toys go into the dark world, they turn into like real. Yeah. Like, yeah, real sized people with real weapons and stuff. So it's very much, it's reminding me at least of, um, of the Nutcracker. It's that's okay. what the Nutcracker is. Is it's very much it's like inanimate toys, and you take those, and then that person gets pulled into what's essentially a dark world with like the mice and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and they become like real people. They become real living creatures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's really cool. It's dark, but. You know, like I said, I only read the first uh, the first free issue so far, but it wasn't like 
grotesque or anything. I don't know once they become real people if when they die they there's blood and guts or whatever. But um, it doesn't seem like with the artwork it would be. Um, but it looks I don't know. It looks really interesting. I like the whole uh, the whole play on imagination and bringing things to life, bringing inanimate objects to life, and you know that's why I like Toy Story so much because they come to life when he's not there, and that's essentially what this is yeah they come to life when he's not there but, but Woody's not the villain yeah uh, finally that's the stuff Cameron <laughs> are you still with us what a hell of a way to end I didn't know if you were done or not <laughs> yeah, I didn't either you just sitting there talking <laughs> I didn't uh, I didn't have anything else to just say. like stops <laughs> mid-sentence like are you gonna go I like love, <laughs> I love having that like moment of just dead air though <laughs> All right, well, I guess I will go. Um, Cameron, I'm done. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, all right, so I'm going to end my picks with another very dark one. Uh, this is, it It definitely rivals even From Hell and uh, Sandman for, like, dark comic books. Uh, it's by Jeff Lemire, and it is a comic book called Gideon Falls. I found it searching through random comics, and I wasn't sure what it was really about. It's a supernatural tale about a priest who kind of goes missing in this town that's already having issues and like weird problems. Um, it's very grounded for being supernatural. I'm gonna start with that. Uh, but then another priest is sent over, and he's got like his own like alcoholic issues, and he never stays with the parish for very long. Um, but it ends up being that there is this black barn that's haunting people, and inside of the black barn is the smiling man. He is terrifying. I got to the page where he finally shows up at about 1.30 in the morning in the dark, laying there reading it, and I stopped because it was just a really vivid image. It's just really, at the same time, it's not very detailed. It's really creepy. Gideon Falls, yeah, that's him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Maybe that's... we'll put up a picture. Of that. He shows up in the window of the black barn at one point, just randomly, and I'm like, I was like freaked out. Yeah. It's... It was really creepy. This story is fascinating. I read through the second volume in about an hour last night after I finished the first one. Uh, it is really, really good. There's three volumes, I think, total, so I'm about to finish it off. Uh, it is amazing. It's, it is a story that is dark, very grounded, very human in its storytelling, but also it resides in different, like in a, like a multiversal plane type of thing going on, and it's just very mysterious. It's brutal too, but it's brutal in a way where you feel like you could almost like be involved in something like this in a small town, and especially if you're like a super like if you believe in like supernatural stuff, you could definitely get freaked out by something like this. Jeff Lemire is a great writer. He wrote another one that almost made my list called Descender, which is like a sci-fi story. Um, he's written a comic book called Chew. He's written, he wrote Animal Man for DC. Uh, okay. He wrote one of the best Green Arrow runs in the New 52 for DC. Okay, that he's, name sounds familiar. He's an amazing, he's an amazing writer. Um, he but, wrote Sweet Tooth also. Yeah, he wrote Sweet okay. Tooth. Or maybe it was Sweet, it wasn't Chew, it was Sweet Tooth, I think. I don't think okay. he wrote Chew. Um, but he is really good he at wrote, what he does. Uh, after Death also oh yeah with, with uh, scott, scott snyder. snyder i think he drew after death okay i think is okay. one of the things he did i'm not positive on that but uh he did a couple of variant covers for gideon falls as well but gideon falls is just 
it's it's like immaculate the way it's written. It's a story where you almost feel like you're watching like a really dark like t- uh, like TV show mm-hmm. rather than actually reading a comic book. And I'm just I'm so ingrained in it. Like when I started reading it, I read five issues in the first night I read it, picking it up, thinking I wasn't going to read anything. And it, it was already like one o'clock in the morning, and then that's when I got to the guy like the smiling face, and I was yeah. like, I'm done. I'm good for tonight. <laughs> yep. I. I just saw this horrifying figure. Time to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. right. I, I was so done. I, At that point, I probably would. But then, but then, like, but then, like, I woke up the next morning. I finished that volume, and then that night, I downloaded volume two, and I, I busted through that in one night. I, I was so in, like ingrained in it. I didn't realize an hour and a half had passed, and I had finished the entire book. Like that was that was how good yeah. the second volume was, and now volume three. I'm hoping he's going to finish off this story because the first volume leaves you on a cliffhanger. That is, in reality, it's not really a cliffhanger, but you just, you want to know more. And it's just, that's the kind of story it is. I, I don't have much more to say about it because I can't really spoil anything. Is it only three volumes? As far as I know, I don't know if it's any more than three volumes, and I'm not going to look it up because I don't want to see spoilers or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. So I'm just kind of going by reading it. But if you haven't ever heard of it and you like crime stories and you like supernatural stories, you like just down-to-earth things, it is perfect for anyone like any of those three categories. Uh, it's called Gideon Falls by Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire, I don't really know how you say his name, but it's great. Cool. Um, I'm going to move on to something a little bit more lighthearted. Cool. Uh, yeah. Actually, way more lighthearted. So the way I structured my two dis- my two honorable mentions this week is like my first one to God of Haste Astronaut was my like top of the two. So this is kind of like my lower tier uh, honorable mention. But it's going to be a comic I started as a kid and finished as an adult. It's called Bone um, by Jeff oh. Smith and Steve uh, Haymaker. I guess that's how you pronounce his name. Um, it's kind of fun. It's kind of whimsical. Um, my like the reason why it was so much lower is because there's not you know almost nothing about this world, like any of this world. You don't know like why these characters look the way they do, but yet they go to like a place where they're real actual people, um, and so they basically get run out of town, uh, and they. Uh, end up in this uh, in this like wooded wonderful world and like they're separated and they're trying to find each other essentially but they're like one of the the guys is not like a great you know great person the other one is is like sidekick in a way but he's kind of a goofy and then you have your your main character who's who is the glue that keeps them all together essentially he's the Leonardo yes um Yes. Yeah, that's the one. Um, no, I, I don't know. Like, it, it was kind of fun. Like I said, I read it as a kid. I never actually finished it. I finally, uh, with the comicsology stuff, it came up for, like, free. Um, and so I f- was finally able to read it and finish it. And I, I enjoyed it. Um, but I don't know if I enjoyed it more because it's a nostalgic thing for me right now or if it's because I actually, like, enjoyed the story. It was closure. Well, yeah, you, that's kind of what it was. So you get ready for nostalgia because Netflix is developing bone. Ooh, okay, that that'll be fun to. to they kind of they kind of remind me of Lemmings, like white Lemmings. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a little lemmings. bit. Yeah, that's fair. So, but I mean, I don't know. I don't really have too too much to say for it. Like I said, the story was okay for me. Um, like I said, I'm still trying to figure out if it's more of a nostalgia thing of why I enjoyed it or if I like legitimately enjoyed like the story. Um, it's fun. If it, it, It's a really simple, it's a really easy read because it's, uh, it's pretty much geared, I think, more towards like younger like younger readers and stuff. Um, so it's fun. It might be a good way to help get the kids into, into graphic novels and like into comic books and stuff. And then one that you can read with them. 
So yeah, I think that's like the only one we have in our list that probably would be good to get kids into graphic novels. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, re- I wouldn't yeah. recommend like From Hell or Saga. I wouldn't that. recommend most of these ones that I, we've I like listed. Or Witches for that matter. Yeah, Maybe Curse no. Words if you're fine with a little bit of cussing. Yeah, it's fine. No, that's... It's not too bad. If they're like 13. 13 <laughs> yeah, year yeah, olds. There you could, go. Could this is like that. a little bit younger. This is like, I think I picked this one at like a scholastic book fair. Okay. When I was in elementary school. There's a throwback. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like Pretty that's. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, other than that, none of these other ones on my list would would be anyway good for yeah good for this type for kids. But yeah, Bone. I don't know. It's kind of fun. Not the show, Bones. No, not the show. Bone. Uh, bones. That's singular different. Bones. Don't singular? recommend that for yeah. kids. <laughs> singular Bone. So, not polar. There's a lot of blood in that. <laughs> That's a lot of bones. Uh, Actually, uh, there's more gore than there are bones. And bones. Her <laughs> name is Bones. That's why yeah. that show is called. Her nickname that. is Bones, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, something like that. I don't remember. It's, we're, we're devolving. It's Zoe Deschanel's. Yeah. <laughs> it's Zoe Deschanel's sister, which is a funny the lesser name. Deschanel. Yeah. yeah. You ever seen that meme with Zoe Deschanel? It's like without glasses and without bangs. It's like now I know how people don't recognize Superman without glasses. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we had a. I had a moment one time where we were watching. We were watching some show. And my girlfriend, uh, she, she, like, this guy's, like, wearing glasses in one scene, and then the next scene, like, like Wynn catches his hair, and he, like, takes off his glasses, and she's like, what's that character? And I was like, that's the same dude. I was like, <laughs> I was like this is how Superman survives. <laughs> that's amazing. All right, Josh, finish this off strong. Hey, what do you got? My second honorable mention is going to be the opposite. I actually put the weaker one first, and then the, this okay. is my stronger of with the two. Bang. I am because it's going to be four kids walking to a bank. Um, I saw this on the shelf and I was like, this sounds like a heist comic. And that's exactly what it is. Um, So I'm not done. I'm about halfway through the first volume, but I liked it enough to put it on my honorable mention because I want to read more. Um, It was written by Matthew Matthew Rosenberg, uh, illustrated by Tyler Boss. Um, it was released through Black Mask Studios, which is weird. It's not like an image or a dark horse. It's something completely different. Um, but it's about four kids. Who walk into a bank. Who walk into a bank. Um, <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> Just a wild guess. It's about four kids who are school friends. It's like South Park. You know, they're, they're classmates and they, you know, whatever. They get into shenanigans. Um, they discover that the girl, there's... Three guys and a girl. They discover that the girl's dad is like a bank robber. And he's dealing with four like really bad dudes. One of them is a Nazi. Um, and they kind of, they, they get out of jail and they come back to her dad. And so they go in and they break into their hideout and find a blueprint of a bank. And they put two and two together and realize that these guys are going to rob a bank. And that her dad is going to do it with them and he's going to end up getting hurt or arrested. So she decides that the group of kids is going to rob the bank before the group of adults <laughs> to save her dad from getting arrested yeah. or getting in trouble. And so that's where I'm at right now is they they just devised the plan to, to rob the bank. But they're all like, they play video games together. So the beginning of every issue is them in a video game and it talks about like, it describes their character like one of them is an archer, one of them is a healer. Um, what, they're like driving cars like one of them drives like a big truck one of them drives like a, a drag racer but they're always playing video games the first issue so they're not like cunning 
you know, rob the robbing type. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see where they took that. And I guess they have, you know, four or five volumes of this. And, uh, I don't, yeah. are there that many? Cause maybe I read that it came out in 2017. So oh, maybe it's pretty new. Oh, it's just five issue miniseries. Maybe there's only five. Oh, it might just be, yeah, it's probably just a miniseries. That's interesting. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's cool. Like I said, it reminds me kind of of South Park because there's like the obnoxious kid. There's the, the pushy one and then there's the quiet one. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm really enjoying it. The art style is, it's real old school too. Like yeah, old. I was looking at it. I really do like the way yeah. that, that looks. It's kind of... I don't I don't know about saying edgy, but it looks like mm. it's it's different than what you would normally think. Like yep. and I like it. I appreciate it. Um so the first the first panel, the first issue, or the first couple pages is like them playing D D. So it's like their nice. characters right and then they alley. go into the, the real world. So I just think that's really interesting that they start it, you know, stuff like that. Um it's a little bloody, you know, they get like, there's punches in the face, there's bloody noses and stuff, but so far there haven't been any like crazy, you guys are like gore filled. Yeah. <laughs> Darkness yeah, over here. Most of ours pretty like, bad. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they, most of ours were pretty terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I like darker stories. Yeah. What can I say? See, yeah. I like like bloody and mm. like gory sci-fi. Even, even if it doesn't have like bloody blood and gore, like I just like that atmosphere of like horror. I'm a big horror person, and any manifestation of that is mm. usually gonna draw me in. Um, I'm trying to see what. Oh, nice! I love the Fargo. Like, there's one of them that's like a Fargo cover. <laughs> it looks really cool. <laughs> this is not the same guy. I looked up Matthew Rosenberg and it was like a security analyst or something. <laughs> um, so I guess he's done he's done Marvel work as well. Um, it looks like he's done uh, Punisher, X, uh, Uncanny X Men, War of the Realms. I guess Jedi Fallen Order comics. So he's got some some backstory too. It seems like a lot of the ind- quote unquote independent people have actually done work with Marvel. Oh, usually, yeah. I mean, usually that's where they get their start. I mean, oftentimes, a lot of the new writers I'm seeing pop up, um, like one of the ones that almost made my list but didn't, uh, they're they're like colorists or they're artists and they're Mm -hmm. trying to like branch out and they want to actually tell their own story. And that's that's been really cool to see. People branching out. Do they normally continue working with Marvel? They just go onto a a separate thing to do their own? So there's an example I kind of wanted to shout out anyway, even though it's cheating because I don't need three honorables, but I'm not going to talk about it a lot. But uh, there's one by Jordi Belair, who's a colorist for DC right now, uh, called Redlands. That one's one's through Image Comics, but she's still coloring currently uh, for DC Comics. She's currently coloring for the Batman run that Tom King's been doing. So she's not just like coloring small comics. Like She's been a huge colorist in the industry. Um, But her story Redlands is like a witch story it's really mm-hmm. fascinating it just came out like a year ago and I, I read both volumes of that I was also deeply entrenched in that and okay. now I have to wait for more of the story <laughs> so gonna have to wait for like a year to read more of it that's what you get for being punctual <laughs> when it comes out yeah right man I was proactive and now I have to wait that's why we have Netflix and Disney Plus now and other stuff. Anyway, let's wrap it up. Do we want to talk about the Facebook? 
Like the polls and stuff? Like the fan choice? Oh, yeah. Didn't Preacher win over Saga? So Preacher won in one of them, I know. I was like, it looked like Facebook, like Saga but was I a landslide. I think Saga ended up getting just a few more votes, I think is what happened. So, because right. if you go by all of our polls, it was pretty close. That's right. Yep. But, yeah, Saga is, I mean, Saga is a favorite of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm honestly surprised it's never been developed into a show. Or, like, a movie or anything like that, just with its popularity. Um, not yet. Not yet. I, I just think it's it's interesting that it never has. It usually takes quite a while for that to happen, though, especially with comic books. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we talked about Saga a little bit. I don't have a lot to say about Saga. Again, like, people would hate me because it would have been on my Dishonorable, probably. Again, not because, like, I hated it or anything. I just didn't care for it. And apparently yeah. I have the wrong impersonation of it. I mean, the wrong... Uh What's the word? Impression? Yeah. Impersonation. Josh went over here and like, I'm from Saga. I'm like, no no one knows, man. No one knows. I've got a TV head. I'm from Saga. Look at my naked body and watch me have sex. (laughs) He's just like bending straws. Like, they're my horns, okay? (laughs) You know, it's funny you mentioned that because you are the character from Saga on our poster. That's gonna. Oh yeah. my God! Why do you keep doing so, that? You <laughs> put me as a Ninja Turtle last week. I have. I, we have two things on there that we talked about, and one of which I didn't think we were going to talk about at all. It's still on our poster because it really is just the best visual representation. But at least we have two of them on there that we what talked was about. It? Uh, Death Note is the other. One. Oh, okay. I yeah. completely forgot that. That's I was a the different baby poster, but yeah. Uh, in one of the that's posters. That's fantastic. Yeah, Jim is the baby, the saga baby. And I'm just peering off to the side. Yeah. That, that's a different one. The new one, you're holding books. I haven't sent that one to you okay. guys yet. Yeah, I was like, I haven't seen that one yet. But cool. yeah, I I hate books. <laughs> <laughs> this is about books. <laughs> it's the worst list. Uh, cool. So we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up because we are way long. We're actually gonna do probably oh, two episodes. It's an hour and forty five minutes. Oh, wow. The insert sensor noise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's probably, you're probably going to be listening to a, uh, this is going to be a double a mini episode. It's going to be a two-parter for all you people out there. So thanks for joining our second episode that we didn't know was going to be a second yeah. episode until just now. <laughs> kind of got away from us this time, but. Um, should we go ahead and tell them, since we have the stuff planned out, we can tell them what we have planned, right? Can. Yeah, yeah, if you want to go over it, or we can keep it a secret. Uh, it's up to you. Doesn't matter. Well, I mean, the next one, I can give them the next. At one. least give them the yeah. next one. <clears throat> next week we're going to be doing uh, top five multiplayer games. We already did something similar-ish. We did open world, and then we did co-op, right? Did we do co-op? I don't think we did co-op. No, I don't we think we did co-op. co-op. No, we didn't do co-op. All right, because we did Borderland. What was Borderland? First-person shooters. Yeah. Yep. All right. Or was it RPG? <laughs> Oh, it's first, right. It was an FPS. Alright, I guess. Well, it was my last friend. <laughs> yeah. This is going to sound great with the music playing over. Just us confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to wrap up this mini-sode of our honorable and honorable mentions. <laughs> Since we don't have a dishonorable. Honorable just... squared. Honorable <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate you sticking with us. As always, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at List This Podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jaws X Bird. I'm on Twitter as the Cameron Guy, and I'm also on Instagram with that Cameron Guy22. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hold Majibles. For all of us at List This, 
We thank you for your attention and your continued support. Uh, this has been List This, where we list and you listen. See you next time. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys. <laughs> Jinx.